In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy New Year. No, I'm serious. Happy New Year, right? Today we begin Sobara Advent. This is the, the last weekend we celebrate. was the last weekend of the church. This begins Advent season, or the new church year. Whenever we celebrate Sobara, it becomes the new church year, right? So, I say it again. Happy New Year. Good. Good. We're on the same page. And so, usually when it comes to New Year's, right, we make resolutions to ourselves. And, you know, we make resolutions, I'm going to go to the gym every day, I'm going to eat right, and whatever, 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 right? So we make these resolutions that, you know, we try to be a better person, you try to give charity, whatever these resolutions might be. We try to make these resolutions whenever it comes time for the New Year, right? However long they last, however long we stay strong in it, that's up to you, that's up to each individual person. But I want to focus on today is the way in which God begins this New Year for us, with a new spiritual significance. He goes back, in a sense, to the basics. Right here is, he goes back to the basics as to how it is that we are to find God in our everyday life. The Christian life is all about trying to find God on the daily. Right? Not just an hour a week, but on the daily. We are called to find Christ in every moment of our lives, in every day of our lives. As soon as we wake up, as soon as our feet hit the ground, we are going to find Jesus. And so today, God takes us back to the basics, and He wants us to realize something, right? Here we have this great story of Zechariah, and there's so much that we can learn from it, right? So much that we can take away from it, so much spiritual insight is offered to us, but we need, again, to always be paying attention. One thing I love about um, most of the readings during this time of Christmas is this, right? There's this silence. There's this silence that echoes. Strange, a silence that echoes. Usually you need voice that echoes, but silence many times speaks much louder than words. We see that Mother Mary, as she's kind of, every time something happens, like for example, every time it is that the angel of the Lord, when the angel of the Lord appeared to her and told her that you will bear a son, she ponders these things in her heart in silence. When it is that the shepherds find the star in the sky, and they visit Mary, and they tell them the, the, vision, the vision they've seen of the angel, Mary takes these, be these beautiful things, these beautiful treasures, she takes these beautiful things, these thoughts, and she ponders them in her heart, in silence. There's no way not to grow if we don't make that time for God in silence. And ponder what it is that's been given to us. Think about what it is that's been given to us, right? Really kind of pray with it. What is Jesus saying to me? How do I find Jesus in my daily life? Simply through silence. Simply through silence. The quieting down of our hearts so that we know how it is that God is speaking to us. So that as we said last week, as the Holy Spirit is working within us, the more aware we are of Him working in us, the more in which we should be growing in silence so that we can hear His voice working in our hearts. And so Zechariah is no different today. Here's Zechariah who has all these doubts. Here he is, he's going into the temple, it's him alone, and he sees the angel of the Lord appear to him, and the angel of the Lord says, what you've been waiting for all your life, even though you are an older man, even though your wife is much older, even though she is considered barren, now you will have a child. And he can't believe it. And so the angel strikes him dumb, and doesn't allow him to speak until John is born. What I want us to focus on is this. As we grow in the silence... We're also preparing for Advent. We're also preparing for Jesus to make his way into the world. One thing I love to focus on always is the star. 
The star that the shepherds saw, the magi saw, right? As they are trying to find Jesus. They're trying to orient themselves. We all know the story. They're trying to find themselves when they see that star in the sky. And when they see that star in the sky, that is what the direction is heading towards. And so if we look at ancient times, right back in the day, there was no Google Maps, there was no you know, iPhones or whatever it might be, right? There was none of them. And the way people found where they needed to go was they looked towards the sky, they knew what planet was what planet, they knew what star was what star, they knew which star to follow, they knew where the sun rose and where it set, they knew where the, the moon went, right? They knew its positioning in the sky, and that's how they figured, okay, I am to follow the star here, and that's how I'll get to my destination. These fixed points, in a sense, right, these fixed stars in the sky, were always kind of a solid way for people to get around. They just knew. If they follow this northern star, they'll get north, right? If they follow this, they'll, get, they'll go, get to where they want to go. And yet, here during Advent, there's a new star that's presented to us. A new star. Jesus. In which we base everything in our life around. Jesus has to become that star that we follow each and every day of our lives. And everything else in our lives must bow down and become second to that very thing. To Jesus Christ. To that very star. Jesus is our star. He's our moon. He's our sun. He's every planet in the sky. Jesus Christ is that star that we follow. Everything else takes a back seat. Everything. But let's make it more concrete, right? For many of us, we have different stars that we're following today. Whether it's, you know, I want to become successful, I want to kind of have this advancement in power, in my position at work, whatever it might be, I want this praise from others, I want to be successful in business, all these things, right, they come to us and these might become our stars. These might become our fixed point, this is what we follow in life, all these things, right? And what keeps us focused throughout our lives is those values that we associate with. So I want to become successful, whatever it might be. I want praise from others. I want congratulations. I want praise. I want these things. And so I follow those stars. And those are not necessarily bad things. And you know, if I were to ask, what kind of a person are you? We might answer, you know, I'm a, I'm a businessman. I'm a politician. I'm a person who treasures family. I'm a person who treasures friendships. Um, you know, for others, it might be family, personal honor. I'm honorable. I'm whatever. I'm trustworthy. Whatever you might call it. I'm all these things. None of those things are bad. None of these things that I've mentioned are bad, right? The businessman, the politician, the person who treasures friendship, the family man, these things are good things. These are things we want to aspire to. None of them are bad. But when Jesus enters into our lives, we have to take it a step further. All of these other fixed points, everything else that we aspire to be, everything else that we want to become, must again be fluid. It must change, right? It must change when it is that we meet the person of Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes into your life again, He has to become everything. He has to become the sun, the star, the moon. Everything that we focus our lives around has to be to Jesus. Because when He arrives in our lives, when He finally makes an appearance, when we finally see Him, and on Christmas Day we congratulate each other on the birth of Jesus, He is the only thing that matters. Following Him is the only thing that matters. And when we realize He is that star in our life, I promise you, it opens up the gospel, it opens up our prayer life, it opens up everything we wait for in a new light, as long as we see Him in that light. That everything else takes a back seat.
So again, all these things that I mentioned are not bad things. But we need to take into account Jesus. So let's say, here it is, we've made Jesus our fixed point, in which everything else in the world revolves, everything else in our lives revolves around, and so now what? Let's say you're someone who money and wealth are your fixed points in life, what does Jesus have to say? Well, here we are now, we're opening up our minds to Jesus, and Jesus tells us, go and sell everything that you have, and follow me. These things of life are not worth These things in life will die away. These things in life will wither away, will decay into dust. You yourself will decay into dust. But guess what? I am eternal. Jesus Christ is eternal. Go and sell all your possessions and follow me. Go and sell all your possessions and follow me. All these things take a back seat. Let's say, you know, prestige, honor, worldly success are your ultimate goals and this is what you want to go towards. What does Jesus say? He who humbles himself will be exalted. He who humbles himself will be exalted. He who doesn't think much of himself will have the greatest praise. He who understands who he is in front of the eyes of God will have the highest praise. Don't care about what other people say about you. Don't make that your ultimate ambition. But care about what Jesus thinks of you. What does Jesus think of my heart? Popularity and esteem when those are your fixed stars, when that's what navigates your life, when that's what controls your life, what does Jesus say? Blessed are you whom men hate and prescribe your name as cursed because of the Son of Man that you follow, because of Jesus. We are to be hated for being Christians. I say this over and over again. If you're doing it right, other people who are not Christians will say, you're too much. Right? You're a follower of Jesus. This is an old thing. You're kind of doing too much. You pray too much. Why do you pray to a whatever in the sky? Why do you have a relationship with someone you might like? Why do you follow a church that's so old and not with the times? Blessed are you who men hate you and prescribe your name as cursed because of the Son of Man. If worldly glory and success are your fixed stars, take up your cross and follow in my footsteps. Christianity is not easy. Christianity is not easy at all. It's meant to be a cross. And then Jesus goes a step further. He says, if your family is your fixed star, what does, your, what does Jesus say? Again, he goes a step further. If your family is your fixed star, what does Jesus say? Unless you love me more than your mother, more than your father, more than your very life, you are not worthy of me. Unless you love me more than your mother, more than your father, more than your own very life, you are not worthy of me. Jesus says, I need to be at the center. If we even have religion itself and its institutions, the church, become our fixed star and not Jesus that's centered around it. Remember we talked about this a little bit last week. The Holy Spirit inspires us a love of Jesus. And we do things because we love Jesus, not because we're afraid. If these things become our fixed star, what does Jesus say? I tell you that not one, uh, one stone of this temple will be left standing on another. Jesus has to be our center as to why it is that we follow the church. Why it is that we come to church. St. Paul, after he meets the resurrected Jesus, after he sees the vision of Jesus, he hears St. Paul, who was again this Jew, who just wanted to do everything in his mind he thought was right. He devoted his entire life to the Torah, to the traditions of Israel. And then he sees Jesus and he says, 
All of these things are rubbish. All of these things are refuge, refuse. All of these things are basically waste compared to Jesus that I've just seen. And his whole life, all of his stars fall from the sky and he has that one star. And that one star is Jesus. Now, my friends, none of these things I mentioned are bad things, right? Our family, our church, our religion, none of these things are bad things, right? None of these things that we look for, the success in the world, none of these things in themselves are bad things. But of course, and of course they are all good, but all of them must revolve around Jesus, that permanent fixed star, that star that we follow each and every day of our life. In this Advent season, we are called to give your family to Jesus. We are called to give your worldly successes to Jesus. We are called to give your fame. We are called to give your business. We are called to give your life, your personal life, everything. Everything is meant to be given to Him. And when everything is given to Him, everything is reordered. And we see that, okay, Jesus, I see everything by your central star. I follow my life, I follow that road, and I want nothing more than for you to come into my life and to reorder everything. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to leave you this note. As Jesus enters into your heart, as we prepare for him this Advent, this Subhara season, for Christmas, and he enters into your heart, you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it at all. Why? Because we're sinners. If we are sinners, here's Jesus who comes into your life and he changes everything. Everything is flipped upside down. Everything doesn't make sense. And it's a bloody, bloody mess in there. Because here we are trying to die to ourselves to allow Jesus to enter into us more and more to reorder everything. Everything we once thought was important, these stars in life, are now being ripped from the sky. And Jesus is saying, you don't need any of these things as more important than me. I have to be at the center and nothing else. Once everything is put in its proper place, then we can live to strive more for Him. But it's not going to be easy. He's asking a lot from you. But He wouldn't give it to you if He doesn't think you can handle it. He wants to come into your life to reorder it so that you realize what true life is, what true light is, what true life, so that you realize that all these things in the world will again fade away and only He matters. And He does it because He loves you. But none of it is going to be easy. It's going to mean a reordering of your life. It's going to mean a new world. It's going to mean you need to live in a new way. But if we are not taking our time seriously in prayer, if we are not taking our time seriously in silence, we will not grow. We need silence. And this is what I suggest. Silence before it is that we pray. Let's say here it is, you're beginning your rosary. Take 10 minutes. 10 minutes in silence, just kind of... Put away the phone, put away distractions, go into a quiet room and take silence before we begin our prayers. It makes a world of difference. Everything grows in silence, including our spiritual life, including what it is that Jesus wants to say to us. But we'll never know it if we just allow the business of life, the doubts of life, the anxieties of life to cloud our mind. That's why God offers us the gift of silence. And so take the silence seriously. What it is that we hear in these gospel passages these coming weeks, ponder them in your heart. Jesus, what are you trying to say to me? You have something personal you want to say to me. What do you want to say? What do you want to reorder in there? It's going to hurt, Lord Jesus, for you to come into my life. But I want, above all else, for you to enter into it and to fix everything 
so that I know you and only you as the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Let us stand well.